Philippians in chapter number three this morning. And uh, because he loved me, boy, ain't that a good song? And because he loved me, my Savior died. I thank the Lord he loved me this morning. Uh, Philippians chapter number three, and I'm going to just read one verse. I've read all the way around this verse, try to uh, tie something together, and it's just really this one verse that's on my heart. And I wish I could tell you I come on Easter Sunday with an alliterated outline, but I did not. Uh, I wish I could tell you that I came and had everything wrote out, just exactly what I thought I should say, but I don't. Uh, but I've got a verse in my heart. And, uh, I'm going to trust the Lord this morning. And I'm going to give you what He's given me a thought from verse number 10. If you would look with me, Philippians chapter 3. And verse number 10, if you're there, say amen. amen. Paul, of course, is the writer. and He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If you'll read that verse, Paul has laid out four things. Number one, he said that I may know him. Number two, and the power of his resurrection. Number three, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And then fourthly, it says, being made conformable unto his death. Can I tell you this morning, we're going to pray and we'll be seated. There's only one thing on the planet that will truly satisfy you. I don't care where you come from. It does not matter your background. Uh, some people in here lived a hard life of sin. Some have not. But no matter where you come from, what your color or your creed may be, there's only one thing that will satisfy the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And you can look for it in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but there's only one thing that will satisfy you. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul has given us four steps to satisfaction. If God will help me, I want to preach on that this morning. And I ask you to please pray for me and ask the Lord to speak to you. Alright, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be gathered together one more time. Lord, with the saints of God in this such a special place. Lord, we thank you, God, for Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for uh, God, that cross that you crawled on almost 2,000, Lord, over 2,000 years ago. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you look down from the portals of glory and see us and where we are. And Lord, that you love us unto death. And I pray this morning, God, that, Lord, you give me the unction Lord, the power, Lord, to preach your word. God, I cannot preach without your help. Lord, I'm just a man. But Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to get on me and get in me and speak to and through me here today. No doubt there's people here this morning, Lord, that need to be saved. No doubt there's people here this morning, Lord, that need to, God, get right with you and live for you and sell out to you. And I pray, God, the preaching of the word of 
of God would do just that. Lord, if you'll help us this morning, I'll surely thank you and praise you. We ask and pray together now in the lovely name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, briefly, if I could, by a little way of introduction, I want to say it is here uh, just in a few words that the Apostle Paul uh, has outlined uh, what I believe to be uh, four of the most important things uh, on this side of life. Uh, can I say without a doubt, uh, my friend, without Jesus in your heart uh, and without Jesus in your life, uh, my friend, there's never going to be uh, any kind of satisfaction. Uh, can anybody agree with me this morning? Uh, there's not enough money to satisfy you. Uh, uh, can I say this morning, there's, there's, there's people that have billions and millions of dollars uh, uh, but my friend you know what the money man always wants uh, more money uh, can I say there's not enough friends I'm all about having friends uh, uh, but my friend I've never had uh, uh, one friend that was able uh, to never have the ability to never leave me uh, nor forsake me uh, can I say thank God for friends but we're men and you know what men are at best they're just men I'm going to fail you and you're going to fail me. We cannot help everybody and be there all the time. My friend, we've got to have something in our lives and in our hearts to bring true satisfaction. You'll not find it in friends. You'll not find it in money. May I say you'll not find it in religion. My friend, you know how many people today are sitting on a pew and they listen to me. I'm not, I'm not trying to label everybody that showed up uh, uh, to church this morning just because it's Easter is religious. But you better hear me. There's a whole world full of religious people uh, that's sitting on a church pew this morning and they're sitting there uh, uh, to honor or celebrate a man they never met. Uh, may I say I've never seen him with my eye, but I have seen the Lord. Uh, may I say I've never heard his voice uh, with my ear, but I thank God I can hear his voice. Uh, I've never fell and bowed at his physical feet. Uh, but my friend, I've spent many days uh, at the feet of my lovely Savior. I just want to go on record and say uh, there really is a Savior that died for the sin of the world. Uh, he really was born 2,000 years ago. Uh, the Lord Jesus God uh, was manifest in the flesh. Uh, he was born of a virgin Mary. They could not figure him out. Uh, and neither can you. That's the problem with society today. They're trying to figure God out. I'm going to tell you what you need to do this morning. You need to quit trying to figure God out and figure Him in. You'll never be satisfied without Him. You'll never be complete without Him. Thank God I know who Jesus really is. I know who He really is. Not because I'm something or somebody. I done told you what I am. Ought to be in, listen to me, ought to be in hell right now. Somebody ought to help me this morning. So I thought you were going to preach on the resurrection. I'm preaching on the resurrection. He is the resurrection. You remember when Lazarus was dead? They called for Jesus, the friend of Lazarus. 
And they said, see the word Lazarus is dying. He said, he's sick unto death. They come to Jesus and said, hey, your buddy Lazarus ain't got long. He said, okay, set up camp. We're going to stay right here for about two days. Come on, pray for but he's sick almost to die right now. He said, all right, we're just going to spend a couple nights here. Lord, you're not understanding. He said, I understand. And he said, everything I'm saying right now and everything I'm doing right now, my friend, is to bring honor and glory to God. And so they stayed there two days and then they made the journey. And you know the story. Here come Martha. And uh, boy, she come out and said, Lord, uh, if you'd have been here, our brother would not have died. He said, oh, he ain't dead. He's sleeping. They said, no, he's just dead. He's four days dead. He said, dead. He's decomposing then. He said that he's speaking. And he said, oh. And he said, he's just asleep. And she said, Lord, I, I know that you're the son of God. And he said, do you not believe I can resurrect him? And she said, Lord, I, I know that you will at the last day. See, she's talking about those saints of God that's going to get up. And he said, now listen to me. He said, I'm not talking about the resurrection the last day. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he had, thank God. He said, I'm going to walk up. And sure enough, he walked up that old grave. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible said, Lazarus got up, bound, hand, and foot those grave clothes. And he walked out of that tomb. Can I tell you something this morning? It's not a, it's not a figment of my imagination. There's a real Savior. And he's a living a life. You say, ask me how. I know he lives. Here's my proof. He lives within my heart. I thank God that he walks with me and he talks with me. I thank God in the midnight hour when nobody else is around. I can call on Jesus and he can hear my prayer. Listen, if you don't know, if you don't know him this morning, you're not satisfied. Why is the drunk got to keep picking the bottle back up? It's never enough. Yeah. And I'm going to get down on where the rubber meets the road right here in a minute. Why is the drug addict going to continue to go wherever they go and do whatever they do? Because that drug and that drunkard and that drug addict, they lose all their cares for a little while. They get out of frame, out of mind. See, they think all their troubles then are gone. Yeah, right. But the next morning they wake up and the heart's still heavy. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling right. I'm feeling right. This yes, sir. And their burdens are still heavy. Yes. Yeah. Their problems did not go away. So at all expense, whatever the cost, they run back to find whatever that is that gives them a moment, if you will, of peace and comfort. Yeah. Because they're longing to be satisfied. Right. Now let me tell you something. There's a whole bunch of people here this morning, you may have never been a drunkard or a drug addict. That's right. But you desire the same thing. 
You know why people do what they do. You know why people get obsessed with hobbies and they get obsessed with friendships and they get obsessed with work and they get obsessed with the cares of, of this life. It's because they're unsatisfied and they're trying to fill a void and they're trying to piece a hole and put something in a hole that's in their soul and their heart. But may I say God has formed a God-sized hole in the heart of every man, woman, boy or child and you won't plug nothing in the God size hole that can fill it up there's only one thing that'll fill that void in your life there's only one glory there's only one thing that can heal your heart there's only one thing that can ease your mind there's only one thing that can set you free it's the They're looking for it in everything and everybody. But they're still empty. You ain't ever going to be satisfied until you know Jesus. I've been approached with so many things while pastoring. Seven years I've been pastoring. Been preaching 10, I I don't know. I can't do math. Okay. Jim's in better leave me alone. My wife ain't here this morning to correct all my errors. See, she's very technical. If I said six months, it was five days, five months and twenty-nine days, it's not six months. See. And uh, anyhow, been preaching however long, been pastoring seven years. I had so many people come to me with problems. Preacher, I need help. What's going on? I mean, from marital problems to mental problems to hurt, you know, anguish, scars. Anybody ever get to where you can't understand something? You ever get there? Why does that to me? I'm going to say something. Some of y'all ain't going to get what I'm about to say, but maybe you will by the end of the service or later on in life. Stillwater, you've heard me say this several times. We question the Lord. Why me? Here's what I want to ask you today. Why not you? That's a hard thing. Don't get upset with me. Because I don't know your pain. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the hole is. And I'm not belittling you or taking away from your situation. Y'all follow me right there. Yes, sir. But understand my question. Why not you? At the end of the day, here's what that question means. What do we deserve? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me, folks. The Lord created Adam and Eve in the image of himself in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Right. Genesis chapter number 3 goes to uh, both Adam and Eve. They fall into sin and the beguile and the deceit of the devil. They eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. They realize they're sinners. They realize they're naked. They realize that, that they're flesh. They, they, they're, they're vile and in their eyes at that point. And the Bible said that God comes in the cool of the day. And he asked Adam a question, not because God don't have answers, but God wanted Adam to realize he didn't have answers. He said, Adam, where art thou? 
there. Don't you know God knew exactly where he was? Nobody asked him. It was not necessarily to find out his physical location. It was his spiritual condition. Where are you, Adam? Lord, I'm hiding over here in this bush. We've sowed fig leaves together. I'm naked. Who told you that? You needed that tree, didn't you? Now listen to me. Isn't it just like mankind to want the one thing they can't have? He could have had any other tree. There was only one on the whole planet that he wasn't supposed to touch. That's the one he touched. And so from that point, how many of y'all have ever heard this? We're created in the image of God. Raise your hand. Mankind's created in the image of God. Let me teach you something. Mankind was created in the image of God. That all changed in Genesis chapter number 3. I don't have time to go there, but you take your Bible, Genesis chapter number 5, and guess where the Bible says that Adam and Eve's children, whose likeness they were created in. It was not God's, it was Adam and Eve's. Right now, I've got a wife, we've got a beautiful little baby girl up there in the hospital. Lord's will might get to come home today. Things have changed. I don't know how they do that so quick now, but glory. But I'm going to tell you something about that little young. She's made in the image of her daddy and her mom. That's right. There's features about her that are her mother's. Lots of them. She got dark hair. Well, brain stays that way. It's one of the most, it's one of the first things that caught my eye about her mama was that beautiful, shiny, dark hair. Some people like blonde, y'all need to get saved. <laughs> I'll tell you what, nah, there's something. Hey, man. And so, that's a trait and a quality. It's in the image of her mother. I ain't found a whole lot about me, but she's got something. <laughs> Y'all follow where I'm going, don't you? So, again, I want to go back to this question, why not you? See, what, men, what mankind forgets to take into consideration is we were born a sinner. You know what sin does. The Bible said in Romans 6.43, for the wages or the earnings of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What was the gift? It was the, 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 the birth and the death, the burial and the resurrection of His Son. God slipped down on man years and years and years ago. He knew we had no hope. There was no hope for mankind. There was no satisfying the soul of mankind without the help of God. So we look down on the depravity of man. You know, in the Old Testament, if you know anything about the Bible, you know in the Old Testament, they would try to uh, offer sacrifices for their sins. They would go once a year and they'd go and they'd take the blood of bulls and goats and they'd get them a little lamb. And the Bible said they'd sacrifice that lamb. They'd take the blood and they'd take it to the high priest and he would apply it to the altar and purge and put it on the altar and cast that blood and that hyssop and that so on on the altar. And they'd pray and say, all right, that's your atonement for sin. But you know what they found out? It never took it away. It never washed them clean. It never. 
never filled that hole in their heart. And so the same time the next year, they'd have to go back and do it again and do it again and do it again. But in John chapter number 1, verse number 29, the Bible said, Oh, John the Baptist that was preaching that the king was coming and he was baptizing people in the river Jordan. And one day, he looked up and sure enough, the one he'd been preaching about was walking down the road. And the Bible said, John looked up and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. I'm here to tell you this morning, God does love you. He loves you so much that He offered His Son so you could live. He does love you. People ask me, if God loves me, why do I deal with this? People have health conditions. Why do I deal with this? God loves me. It takes up like that old flesh. It ain't got nothing to do with that. All this stuff is just what happened because of sin. Disease, you know where it came from? Sin. Sin, Everything was perfect until Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And then everything was corrupt. That's where our sin come from. That's where our death come from. That's where our disease come from. That's where doubt come from. That's where depression come from. That's where anxiety. I mean, we're living in a doped up society. Everybody is on some kind of something because they're depressed or over anxious or they have so many problems they can't bear it. And I'm going to tell you the problem. It's not the pill. It's not the doctor. It's not a prescription. It's not an IV. It's not in a. It's not in some kind of a. Diagnosis. The problem does not lie in the hands of other men. Again, that does not satisfy. It lies in the hand and the heart of an almighty God who does love you. You don't know the hurt I feel. I sure don't. But listen, we don't know the hurt he felt. When he turned his back on the Son of God. Y'all know when Jesus was on that cross, God turned his back on him, don't you? That's why he cried out and said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You don't know why God forsook his son? So he'd never forsake you. He done everything once and for the last time. Yes. If you'll trust him this morning, put your faith in him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, Thou shalt be saved. You'll know what it's like to be satisfied. Yeah. Can I give you these four things? I know y'all think, Oh my Lord, I'm on earth. Four things. To being satisfied. I've only been preaching 20 minutes. Feels like a lifetime, don't I? 20 minutes. Can I give you a few things about being satisfied? The Bible said in Isaiah 58 11. The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul. 
The Bible said in Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. John 4, 14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 1 Timothy 6, 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Psalms 22, 26, The meek shall eat and be satisfied they shall praise the Lord that seek him your heart shall live forever can I say this morning within this one verse the apostle Paul has given us four steps to satisfaction the first one is simply this look with me verse 10 he said that I may know him there's a whole lot of people this morning brother Bruce they know him. Y'all with me? Any of y'all this morning sitting here, and to be honest, I ain't going to ask you to say that about Raise Your Hand. You know, you know about the resurrection, you wouldn't be here. I'm not asking you about knowing you. I'm asking you, does the resurrection live in here? There's a whole bunch of people in church with you right now. It's all right here. They've heard the story. Some of them believe it's true, but they never turn from their sin yes, sir. and turn to the Savior of their sin. Yeah. You know the first step to being satisfied? This is a this is an elementary sermon, but it'll get the job done. Amen. You want to know the first step to being satisfied? You gotta know him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I, it don't matter, I've been told you what you try. Until you know him. I ain't talking about knowing of him. Y'all help me preach now. I'm not talking about knowing of him. I'm talking about knowing him. Let me tell you something. It's a blessing to know him. We're just saying it. If you knew him like I knew him, you would know that he's alive. If you felt him like I felt, you'd know the heat's alive. Are you with me? I'm telling you this morning, I'm not going off what mom and daddy raised me on. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He lives within me. I know. The big question is, do you know? I've got time to give all the Bible on this. But there's some real good verses that'll indicate whether or not you really know him or not. Alright. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm not gonna. You knock these doors down through here, they ain't not they ain't not one lost person. They all say. Yeah. Right. But about ninety six percent of them don't go to church. Never read the Bible. Only pray when mama's sick or the cars broke down. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just preaching to, to, to visitors. I'm preaching to Stillwater Baptist Church. How many have we seen that come to really know him? We thought they already knew him. So I'm going to ask you, do you really know him? Until you do, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be satisfied. People don't believe this. I don't care what they believe, but. We're laying in the bed there. 
whatever night that was, Friday night, two o'clock in the morning. My wife wakes me up. She says, I'm hurting real bad. I said, honey, I'm just going to take you out. You'll see you'll be all right. She didn't sleep at all. <laughs> she said, I think I'm in labor. I said, lay down. You're green. Lay down. <laughs> Turkeys are fixing to fall off the roost in about four hours. You need to hush. <laughs> about 30 minutes later. Y'all think I'm making that up, but that, that is what I told you. I said, ah, oh, you did. Ten minutes later, I'm telling you something ain't right. I said, there's a whole lot of things in the world wrong, honey, but turkey season opens in four hours. Go to bed. About two minutes go by. I think my water's broke. I said, that ain't something you think. I said, it's October now. I went to bed, man. She liked that. I said, you're going to have to put a in bed. Go back to sleep. Because I'm fixing to go turkey out. And I did pray. I said, Lord, she was scared to death through her whole pregnancy. She wouldn't know when she was in labor. That's just her fear. She'd wait too late and not be able to get the epidural, you know, and all that stuff. Be like her sister. Her sister had never had one. She's had 25 kids. Just throws them out. No epidural. Pow, it's gone. And I bowed my head. And I said, Lord, if she's in labor, please let her water break so she knows that she's in labor. 30 seconds. That's coincidence. Well, I got a bunch of them. That's case. 30 seconds didn't go by. Oh, 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 oh! I started getting up. Come on! Wake up! We got a baby on the way. I done knew what happened. Oh, 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 so get up, get up, get up. <laughs> Why? Because you heard my prayer. Y'all think what you want. Don't matter to me. We was in the hospital. Went to the hospital. This is God's own truth. She spent more time answering questions than she did in life. Scared to death that Something's going to go wrong. We get in there. We tell her a bunch of stuff. Check her and all that stuff. And she said, Josh, I'm scared. I said, I ain't going to leave being scared. I said, we're here by ourselves, honey. Right. The Lord is here. <laughs> and I said, he doesn't answer my prayers today, so I'm going to keep on praying. Yeah. That's right. They give her that girl. And I walked up and held her hand. I said, the Lord, we want this to be quick. We want this to be easy. Please, Lord, make it quick and make it easy. Jesus. About 10 seconds go by. You know, you could hear the heartbeat in the room. We couldn't hear the heartbeat. She kind of got nervous. Hit the call button. Nurse came in there. She said, what happened to the heartbeat? She said, oh, it's okay. The baby just moved. They started, you know, rubbing, trying to find it. They found it. 
about three seconds, lost it. Struggling, can't find it, can't find it. She said, it's okay because it's still showing. I just can't find it on the listening thing. And I just prayed, okay? She calls her another nurse. She said, I don't know what my problem is, but I can't get this to pick up. Start looking. She said, called her by name, Stephanie, I think it was her name. She said, Stephanie, I see that. <laughs> Y'all believe all this? I got no video. I'm not, I'm not going to show you, but I'm not. I'm not going to listen to it. She said, do what? She said, I see the head. She said, honey, we just checked her. She's over at five. You got to be at 10. That's 50%. She said, I see the head. <laughs> Called the doctor. Six minutes. Six minutes. It's a number of men. I don't know if there's any significance to that. Six minutes. And I got it recorded. She didn't even push. She pushed. You know how that baby come out? When you push, I, I just preach what I'm doing, in case y'all can't tell. What happened when we push? They wait for a contraction to come. So we're sitting there talking. I got it on my phone. Six minutes. Sitting there talking. The doctor oh, here she comes. <laughs> Y'all think I'm lying, but I'm not. You know what it was? Quick and easy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. What are you saying? Thank you, Lord. I'm back on that. I'm saying I know him, but better than I'm sure it's happened before, but I ain't never seen a woman deliver a baby not push it out now. Have you? Quick and easy. Johnny, he's interested in us. Yeah. You say, hey, nobody cares about me. You might be right. Nobody on this planet might not, but he does. Yeah. You can have that joy and that satisfaction, but it only comes through Jesus. I'm trying to tell you the best way I know how. It don't matter where you go, what you do, what you accomplish. Jesus is the only thing yeah, that will ever satisfy you. He said, number one, that I may know him. Number two, in the power of his resurrection. Listen to this statement. I ran across. I began to study this verse and look up commentators and Try to find some things on it. Listen to what one <coughs> commentator said. He said this. He said, Oh, the cross gave forgiveness of sins. But the resurrection broke the power of sin and death that reigns in the mortal body of Father Man. Did you catch that? The cross. The cross, he said, gave forgiveness of sin. But the resurrection broke the power of of sin broke the power of sin can I tell you when he died on that cross he paid for your sin yeah. but when he got up from the grave he gave you power over sin sin no longer has to rule and reign in this old mortal body of mine why because I've been satisfied I have the Savior and now sin don't listen to me. People that ain't saved, they, they're a servant. The Bible says you're a servant. That's a slave to sin. Yeah, right. You ain't got no choice 
but to end up with the repercussions of sin because you don't have power over it. Yeah. But if you know Jesus and the power of his resurrection, the Bible said at that point, if you know the Lord, you know the power of resurrection, then the power of God shines through and in you and through your life and you find power in your life over the things that this world can never gain victory over. Some of y'all have been hurt, cut, crushed to the bone, but when you got saved, seemed like somehow or that just all left. Are y'all still with me on Easter Sunday? We, we'll get out of church right here in a minute. I'm talking about this. That when you come to know him, it wasn't long you found out about that power of the resurrection. Things started fleeing from your heart back and started falling off. I mean, the, the, the bitterness and the hurt and the pain, you found some kind of help for it. I'm trying to tell you this morning, there's a fourfold deal that'll bring satisfaction knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Can I say it was the act of the resurrection that was indisputable evidence that identified Christ Jesus as the Son of God. There's a whole lot of people doubted Him. They nailed Him to a cross and the Bible said it is finished. He gave up the ghost. The earth went black and the earthquake started uh, the, the earth started quaking and they said truly this was the Son of God. But I'm going to tell you, there's never been undeniable evidence that Jesus really is the Son of God. He really did come and He really did die and He really was buried but He really did rise again. If there's never been evidence that proved that uh, outside of uh, at the cross, the resurrection uh, was undisputable evidence. Uh, when they sat and they guarded that tomb, uh, nobody come in or out but when they rolled the stone away he was not there you know it's written right now in the Middle East outside of the word of God that's the final authority but outside the word of God it's in the history books in the nation of Israel that Jesus Christ professed to be the son of God was born died buried and rose again on the third day it was witnessed by 500 men. Do you know that? Yes, 500 men seen him yes, rise from the grave. I want to know him. Y'all ever seen a dead man get up and walk around? I ain't. So the one that did, I'd like to find out who he is. I'd like to know him. Secondly, in the power of his resurrection. Thirdly, look here now. Verse 10. I'm about done. 38 minutes. Y'all watch movies that last three or four hours. You can handle about 45 minutes of preaching. Look at verse 10. That I might know Him, the power of His resurrection. Look here. And the fellowship of His sufferings. Is everybody still with me? Amen. The fellowship of His sufferings. You know where... Christianity didn't turn for the worst as far as rich and sinners. They thought it was benefiting them. But it set them back further than we'd ever been set back. You don't know why Christianity set back further than it's ever been? Prosperity gospel. Yeah, right. They thought it was benefiting. They thought it would entice sinners to come. 
If you'll do, if you'll know Jesus, everything in your life will be just fine. Your bills will be paid for. There's no more hurt. And, I mean, prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. And they thought that was to their gain, and it started off that way until all these people realized everything they said didn't come to pass. Their mom still died of cancer. Their husband still left them. Their electric still got cut off. Their children still went wayward and sideways. But I thought, if we done this, then everything's going to work out. That is not what the Bible says. You know what the blessing of the Christian is in the New Testament? It is not prosperity. It's suffering. You want to be like Jesus? How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? Would you raise your hand? That's the goal. Yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you how to be like Jesus. You ready? Walk out there, be kind, never say a cross word to nobody, and they all hate you. Yeah. You just like Jesus. Go home, sell your house, get rid of your car and your clothes. I'll sell all your food, don't leave nothing, and walk around town, stand at the red light. You'd be just like Jesus. You know, he didn't have a home. The Bible said the fox had holes, the bird had nests, but the son of man had nowhere to lay his own head. You want to be like Jesus? Empty your bank account. Give it to the poor. Come on, preacher. Yeah, that's right. Come on, preacher. Go see the signs of the Savior. Suffering. You want to be like Jesus? Do no harm, yet get committed of a crime. You never committed and persecuted and crucified for it. Yeah. Then you can be like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? Find the biggest harlot in town and make sure when you go by that you're kind to her and you take the reproof and the, and the rebuke of all the good brethren because they say, that, what's this man doing sitting on a well with a woman that's had five husbands? Right, you want to be like Jesus? You go and sit down at the table. Now, I didn't say the fellowship, but you go sit down at the table with the Republican, the sinner, and you let them know that there's a way out and let all the good Baptist brethren come by and label you because that's Exactly how they did Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? Tell nothing but the truth and get called a liar. You want to be like Jesus? Let God do miracles and feed 5,000 people, five loaves of bread, two fish, make blind eyes see, deaf ears hear, lame men walk, dumb men speak, and they walk up, and instead of giving credit to Jesus or the Father of the Lord Jesus, they call him a child. Of Satan. You want to be like Jesus? Let the governor get up in front of the whole world and say, I find no fault. Yet because the crowd cried, crucify him. Crucify him. They released the murderer. Took an innocent man. And nailed him to a cross. What about Gabbatha? Place of punishment. You want to be like Jesus? That means to bend over a whipping post and take the cat and nine tails to your back. That means to let them drive a crown of thorns down into your brow. That means to let them grab you by the hair of your face or your head and pluck it from your body to punch you and spit on you and to make a mockery of you and to act it, mimic it and make sport of you. It means to strip you naked, nail you to a tree, put a, put a reed with vinegar in your mouth. You want to be like Jesus. There you go. Yeah, you want to be like Jesus? Let one of your best friends sell you out. 
Yeah. 30 pieces of silver. That's right, yeah. ma'am. You want to be like right. Jesus? What you let one of your greatest disciples say, Oh, God, I'm going with you to the grave. I, I, I ain't turning on you. And he looked at him and said, For the cock and crow, you'll deny me three times. I'm talking about Peter in the garden of Gethsemane was so devout, so devoted, that he cut a man's ear off trying to cut his head off for the Lord Jesus. But then you turn around and they take him from Gethsemane to Gabbatha down to the governor's hall, up into the upper room. And the same one that was willing to die for him now denies him and don't even know who he is. You want to be like Jesus? That's how you can do it. Want to be like Jesus? You tell what you want to learn to endure and to learn and to gain blessing from. You're going to learn how to abide, boast, and benefit of suffering. Yeah. I'm about sick of all these Christians, the preachers, right. give me a right. Look at me now. Stay with me. I'm preaching. It's Easter. I got a baby I, in the hospital. If I got time to be here, you do too. Amen. I'm about sick of this. Right. Uh. Don't know what I'm doing. So let me do. Oh, I put it on camera. You want to be like Jesus? You can't have to do it. Get just as low as you can go. You ain't going to be like Jesus strutting around like a power country. You ain't going to be like Jesus knowing everything. You know what knowledge does? It puffs up. You know what most people don't like Christians? They're no laws. Bless God, I know that Bible. You might. But if you're puffed, puffed up because of it, because knowledge puffed up, and you ain't got a humble heart, I don't care if you quote it from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22. Your attitude don't make people want to know Jesus. You know what I am? Same old piece of garbage, junk, old sinner. That you are. That's all right. I'm dirt. You know where it's so body comes from? I drive a doctor that best of camera, Bruce. Still up. But I come from the dust of the ground. You know the best thing about me? Oh, it ain't nothing you can see. Yeah. It's that hole I was telling you about. There's a risen Savior. And I know him. I'm going to read you one last thing. Are you okay? And I might know him. The power of his resurrection. I don't want to misquote it. Verse 10. In the fellowship of his sufferings. Look here. Being made conformable unto his death. Paul's not talking about physical death here. He ain't saying he wanted to die, be buried, resurrect. You know what he's saying? I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm going to have to learn. To die in this old flesh. Wonder why some of y'all can't find life? Listen to me. You're not willing to die. You know what Jesus had to do to bring life to you and me? He had to die. You know what you're going to have to do if you're ever going to find life? You're going to have to die to this old flesh. 
so you can live in the Spirit of Christ. I'm in Him this morning, and He's in me. Let me ask you a question. Listen to me, Brother Chris is coming. You start playing. Listen to me this morning on Easter Sunday. I ask you a question. Do you know what it is to truly be satisfied? Listen now. We're at most part, important parts of the service. Do you know? Jesus. And does Jesus know you? You said I thought you knew everybody wrong. The Bible said there's going to be a day when all men stand before God. Those who are saved at the, at the just in Christ, the great white throne judgment, is those who are lost. And you know what he's going to have to look at them and say? Depart from me. You that work iniquity. Look here. I never knew you. The only way God the Father can know you is through His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to be made conformable unto His death. Not that I can die for my sin, but I can conform myself, my faith, my heart, my flesh unto, unto His death. I can die to the cares of this old world, die to my flesh, so I can live in Christ. That means saying no to your way and your thoughts and your theology saying yes to his way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. I know good and well there's some folks here this morning that don't know him. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not going to press you and pry and try to jerk you to an altar. Right? We're not there we're not small that. What I'm going to do is ask you to be honest. You don't have to be saved to have at least good morals. You're in the house of God. I wouldn't lie about you. Am I going to embarrass you? Or I just will pray for you. But the first thing we got to do is see you be honest. Is there anybody here this morning that's preaching? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I've never been saved. Would you please pray for me? You just slip your hand up right back down. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. I don't know you. Would you pray for me? Never been saved, preacher. Would you pray for me? Anybody? Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I do know him. But I've let this old flesh get in the way of serving him. I'm not sold out. Not exactly where I ought to be with God. Would you please pray for me? Anybody just slip your hand up right back down. I see all that. See that. See that. Anybody else? I see. Seen some hands. I see that. Anybody else? I see that. Just, just not exactly where I ought to be with the Lord. I'm saved, but just not living for Him. Boy, I ought to. Here's what I'm going to do, sir or ma'am. If you're here this morning, you're lost. I want to ask you to come. We're going to stand. Let's stand our feet as quietly as we can. 
And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the church, those who are here, if God spoke to you, come speak to Him. I think we all ought to pile on these altars and thank Him that we know Him. Thank Him about the, that we know the power of His resurrection. And we have fellowship in His sufferings. We have been made conformable unto His image and His death. But here's what I'm going to do. I know there's some lost people that need to be saved. I'm going to ask you to come today. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He'll, hey, listen to me. Listen, listen to me. He'll satisfy you. Oh, my. He'll satisfy you. Anybody here this morning said, Preacher, I'll be honest with you, I ain't satisfied. Something missing. Something not right. There's a void that can't be filled. Would you pray for me? Anybody lift your hand. I'm not going to bother you. I'm just going to pray for you. These are praying. Listen to me, sinner. You'll come and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. And save your soul. He'll sure do it. Won't you come? I'm done. Won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? in here this morning if you'd come it'd be the best day of your life ain't no friend like Jesus he'll satisfy you he'll satisfy you like nobody else has ever satisfied he'll do for you what no man could ever do Fill the void that you have in your life. Won't you come? Won't you come? Let Jesus change your life. Fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. How about it? Child of God, let me ask you something. Are you conformable? Are you living your life as a dying man? You know what that means. That means dying to yourself and your flesh to live unto Christ. How about it? 
If the Lord Jesus would save your soul today, just how you are, would you let Him? Because He'll do it. Once He saves you, you'll no longer be the same. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Oh, my, my.